The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. destroy this uh, later I like to play with things a while before annihilation fucking genesis definitely 100% not genesis i'm very sorry about that but i was otherwise dis- indisposed or disposed i was indisposed i think that's it so what's predisposed i, w- I was i was otherwise predisposed no it's indisposed you were busy i was well busy you were seeing david bowie live <laughs> I was not. Well, if it's anything less than that, why are you fucking off my podcast? You're upsetting my listeners. I um, I had no choice but to. You're only allowed back by the grace of God, and that I love you. Oh, thank goodness. I I I was seeing the bands that I deal with. I was playing some shows live, and yeah, mainly just like I've got a lot of my bands are about to release things, so it's. Uh, I manage bands, by the way, in case you didn't know. And then, um, and like, so it's a really busy time, and I want to make sure everything's right. I don't want to let people down. Good. And in not Just letting them, listeners. yeah, but well, that's it. In not letting them down, I've let you down, Daniel, and our listeners. So I'm very sorry, but I'm back now. So I enjoyed the week off, to be honest, mate. Uh, our listeners didn't. They had to listen to us talk about Genesis again. Fuck you now. Yeah, that's two hours that podcast. <laughs> two hours of Genesis. Anyway, I. I'm Danny Different. I'm Paul Podcast. And this is the Different Times Podcast. That was the most professional we've been since day one. Well Excellent. done. Okay, right. Well, we've been listening to stuff. I've had... and, and before we get to that, oh, God. your oh. management career, yeah. I assume it's doing really well and taking off. Because you've given me, normally I get a glass of water. I've got water <laughs> in a bottle and it hasn't even been opened. <laughs> It's, yeah, we've we've gone posh in this house. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I recently discovered that our council, what they do with their um their recycling, and it actually does get recycled rather than um inverted commas get recycled. So I'm quite I happy. Thought it got sold to Malaysia. No, this gets crushed up and put into little pellets and then made into plastic. I swear. So, so I saw. The, what, you actually saw the process? I saw it on a video. They could have lied to me, Daniel. It's fucking propaganda. You know that band, <laughs> Propagandy? I do, yeah. They'd be well, in, well upset. As I'm saying it, I'm thinking, hang on, I've been duped by my own work. Do you believe everything that Boris Johnson says? <laughs> Bloody Boris. I don't even believe in his hair, let alone his policies. Imagine if it turned out that was a wig. You'd be like, why have you got such a shit wig? Yeah, that can't be a wig. New Papa. New, all right, music. We're in there. We're in there. We're talking about music. Papa. Papa Roach album? Yeah, new Papa Roach album. No! 
Ghost Singer, Papa Nihil on stage in Mexico, last gig of the uh, tour, and us ghosties, I don't know if that's what we call ourselves. Oh, please be called that, <laughs> ghosties. Uh, all the ghost Facebook pages that I'm on and friends with various people. It was called, the tour was called The Last Tour Named Death. Yeah. And this was called The Last Gig or The Last Show Named Death in Mexico City. And it was like, oh, something's different. Right. And it was. It was the last show for Cardinal Copia. Did you see him get murdered? Did you see that little bit of footage? He didn't get murdered. He All was, right. Papa Nihil was playing the saxophone and he died at the end and then medics rang on and... Oh, he just died from saxophoning? Yeah, that, that happens. That's right. common. That's a common thing. Most yeah. saxophonists die of saxophoning. <laughs> I don't believe you. They just get too into the jam. Move Got on it. to the next level. That's basically what happened. Yeah, so the EMTs came out, tried to revive him. They couldn't. Cardinal Copia comes walking down the stairs in his lovely white suit and then all the satanic nuns sort of gather around him and start throwing stuff up in the air. And then they, they part after about two minutes, and there he is in all his glory, Papa Emeritus IV. And it's definitely Cardinal Copia, because when you analyse it, right. you can see he's still got the moustache. Can you? Yes. Is that important? It is, because some people are saying, oh, it's not Cardinal Copia. It's a, someone completely new. It's not. It's Cardinal Copia has been made Papa Emeritus IV. So who's riding the little tricycle? On that bit of footage I saw. That's Cardinal Copia. Right. Um, before he gets changed into Papa. So he's been promoted, basically. Oh, yeah, okay. And his face paint, very interesting. It looks like a rat skull. It's got, like, two little bits yeah, on the yeah. nose. Which is fitting, because obviously the first time we ever met Cardinal Copia was in the song Rats, which was the single. Got it. Before Prigwell came out. It's it's still making no sense to me. It won't do. Me and these other other uh, ghosties make sense to us <laughs> ghosties uh, i was kind of hoping the next day there'd be you know they do the little videos telling yeah. the story i was kind of hoping that there'd be one of them that could just fill in a little bit more story or even better another song like the one they released um kiss the goats like out of nowhere i was hoping like the next day i might wake up and there'd be another song released because he has been in the studio writing stuff for the new album yeah but like Part of the industry is like creating hype, and you don't just want to go bam, 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 and and like just put everything together day after day after day. You want to leave some space to get people hungry, like you are. I am it's, hungry. You <laughs> are you hungry for food or more ghost information? Both. Right. Well. Okay. So, I've got a question about ghosts before we leave this little story. Your favorite ghost album is Meliora. So. New album. What are you hoping for? Well, Tobias Forge, the legend. The, the man. The man. He's already said it's going to be heavier and more riffy than prequel. Every band says their next album's going to be more heavy and riffier, don't they? I'm just Every saying band. what he said. Right, okay. I'm not having that. It, I think it'll be heavier, and that's what I want. But not to say I don't like the lightness and sort of power balladiness of... Prequel. Yeah, it worked. It worked for me eventually. First listen, I didn't like it, and then it sort of grew on me. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not give up on them, but I really didn't. Uh, I didn't. What I want to say is, I really expected them to become a favourite band of mine, and the even though it's good, it's serviceable. What that just can't get in to the new album and the one before it as much as everyone else. Mm. It's uh, yeah, it's more me than you. <laughs> okay um, Dan I've avoided any heavy things because I've been dealing with heavy stuff 
constantly. So my spare listening time, I've just been listening to pop. Now, I don't know if our listeners uh, are that bothered, but I know that you don't just listen to metal and rock and, and like you're into some other stuff. So let me just run you through things. I think we'll go Dan, Paul, Dan, Paul, Dan, Paul. That seems to work out fine. So I'm going to mention that I listened to the new Grimes. Uh, these new singles have been really, really disappointing. G-R-I-M-E-S. You fucking what? Grimes. After that, you described them as disappointing. Yeah. Mate. You like the new Grimes? I listened to it on the way over and I oh. was like, you know, I get angry when you find something cool and you don't tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're a bit of an elitist. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, it was like another one. I was, why didn't Paul tell me about this before? It started nice and softly. And then when those beats kicked in, it was like, whoa. Bloody hell, Dan. You are full of shock and dockers. And then, particularly love the third song, starts with the guitar. And then again, when the beat kicks in, it's so obtuse and different. It's just like, amazing. And what annoys me, that is a shit name for this, Grimes. I was thinking of like obviously you know you, you said it wasn't going to be metal, so I was thinking it was going to be not grime music maybe, but so it sounds bit, harder, doesn't it? Yeah, something a bit street, a bit dirty, but this is really classy and well produced. It reminds me of if Bjork was awesome. <laughs> Bjork is awesome. If Bjork did big beats, if Bjork did the beat beat manifesto. Well, I got I've got to admit her album in two thousand twelve visions. I went so hard on that. I totally loved it and I couldn't wait for a next thing. But um, I just couldn't get into it. 2015's Our Angels was, for me, I'm out. And then these singles have come and I just think it's their worst yet. So, Dan, I'm really interested in this. We we will pick up on when the new album comes out, okay? I've just got to make sure we're talking about the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Grimes. You're saying singles. I've got a whole album. Yeah, well, the whole album's out now, I think. But um, when I wrote this, it wasn't quite out. And, like, I know literally nothing about her. Is she? She sounds like Japanese, maybe. No, no, she's. A, I think she's American or Canadian. Click on the the name Grimes, and it'll come up with her previous records. Oh well, we're going to play a bit now. Off my phone, down the mic. <laughs> we're going to play a bit now, just to give you a taste of what I really liked. I'm going to play the second song where she does like the fast weird rap is that cool that's cool
go. I love that. I'm. Just, I thought you were going to be all over it. I, I say I was really disappointed, but I haven't heard the album in full, so uh, I'll come back next week. You better. Come. I didn't realise it was already out. This is how out of the loop I am. Bloody hell, Dan, you're next. I don't know why I even bothered with this. Five Finger Death Punch. Right. Their new album F8, pronounced Fate. Ooh. That's clever. E- edgy. Very edgy. clever. Yeah, I'd never even heard this band until now, so I thought, oh, if I'm going to be a true detective, I need to actually listen. So they were too underground for you. This, they're like the biggest band in metal, aren't they? I don't know. Ah, oh, well, they're, they're up there. They're big, yeah, which is what I want to talk about. This okay. is their eighth album, so they've got history as well. They've got staying power. They're not a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just sounded like completely generic modern metal. Like the singer, like Shane Moody, I think his name is. Mr. Moody to you. Yeah, he's sort of got the growl, singing vocals in the verse, and then goes into cleaner choruses. It's just like, man, this is fucking genre-defining. Like, It's, for me, same old, same old. I, I, as you said, sort of uninspiring. It's just yeah. what you would expect if someone said, like, um, uh, who's second headliner at Download, and it was this band, you would just know instantly what to expect. Well, that's exactly what, what I'm coming to. They played at Wembley earlier on in the year, in January. Mm-hmm. Were you there? Ah, oh, I missed that one. Damn it. And they said, next time we see you, we'll be headlining Download. Oh, they could do it. You reckon? I, yeah, and I think Download needs needs them to as well because like, I'm, I, no one wants to see the old bands die, like actually people dying. But I want the bands themselves to die. I want all that gone. I want something new. I, I, I'm always looking for that new thing. I haven't enjoyed an album by one of these legend bands for so long I know you really dug the last Maiden one quite a lot yeah and the new Aussie album can't stop listening to that still yeah really what do you think of Fuzzy Little Green Man it's the weakest song on the album really but I still like it I I wouldn't skip past it I like it a lot oh really I don't know what's wrong with me I can't stop listening to it I like the depressing ones but what the the big ballads where he's gonna die yeah it's so uplifting (laughs) <laughs> you're a sick man yeah five finger death punch uh death punch sorry i listened to only one track from this album so i'm not allowed to judge it and yet i will judge it uh it was the first single whatever that was called and it's just schlocky shit fucking hated it yeah, hated everything written about it. for 15 year olds who are drinking the can of monster energy drink and want to mosh about well fuck it fuck it that's good enough that's good enough like you have to. Are they like what we would have called gateway band? Like, yeah, that's a really good point. Total gateway band. So you know you, you're gonna jump on them and then think, right, what else is there out there? What else is there? That's what they are. That's perfect, Paul. You've hit the nail on the head. Nail-headed. That. I'm gonna mention that this other band that you wanted to have a go at me about in a minute. Uh, my next thing, pop. Uh, again, listening to just a lot of stuff that I didn't think I want to listen to is. Paul Weller, not Waller. Uh, uh, He released an EP a few weeks back and it's on a weird indie label. Now, I was really disappointed with 
Paul Weller since he's left the jam. I don't think he's released anything I really liked. 13 Dreams was like a, a, a real noble effort in to do some sort of dream pop and weirdness. But still, I found it pretty dad rock and unlistenable. I don't like Paul Weller. I don't like the jam. <laughs> don't like Oasis. Don't mean a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, the, this is a weird art project. So, like, if you like abstract noises, birds whistling, uh, like, folky guitars in the background here and there, this will be right up your street. It's called In Another Room, and it's just weird shit. And not shit as in, this is shit. Shit as in, this is the shit. Mm. I really enjoyed it. It's very Moorish, because... It doesn't make a lot of sense, so you, and it's not very long, so you, you've got enough time just to go into it, have a little dig around, see what he's doing, what he's trying to present to you. I imagined it would just be some cunt with a guitar. Not at all. Like yeah. I, Honestly, I thought it'd be just toilet. I thought it'd be really awful. That's what I didn't even bother listening to it. Well, I don't, I don't know. I can't even really recommend it to people, because it's, it's just a load of noises. But if you are into sort of like ambient noise folk... Is so that, that a thing? That woman that set the piano on fire. That that wouldn't be out of place on here. That wouldn't be out of place. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. The new Paul Weller really took me by surprise. It's the first solo thing that he's done that I've liked. So, good on you, Paul Weller. I shall give that a listen on the way home. Not Waller. Oh, Dan. What you got next? Just a little quick one. A band called Tombs. Ooh. T-O-M-B-S? Yeah. Okay. New... EP on Season of Mist Records, uh, Monarchy of Shadows. They are black metal from Brooklyn, <coughs> New York. Yep. It's a weird one. There's nothing new about it. It's not pushing any boundaries. It's not reinventing the genre. It's not splicing it with another genre uh, or anything. Basically, if you've heard black metal before, then you know what to expect with these guys. What it has got is, you know, we talk about that hardcore swagger. Yes. That phrase. This has got that, even though it's not hardcore. And it just... When you imagine someone from Brooklyn, like someone who's wearing tight blue jeans and a black T-shirt, full of confidence, yo, I'm going from Brooklyn, forget about it. It just... It's got that feel to it somehow, but in a black metal band. Very fast, very heavy, very tight. And I think that's what's it. They're tight as fuck. And... Some black metal, even though it's very fast and blast beats, it still feels slow and melodic almost in a way. This is like on the ball, like punching you straight in the nuts. Is it worth listening to? Yeah, well, I really like it. Yeah. I haven't brought it up otherwise. Well, I listened to them way long ago. When I spelt it to you, I just wanted to make sure we were talking about the same band, and we were. So I listened to 2011s, and when I say I listened to it, I, I downloaded it when you when you actually downloaded records and paid for them on your phone. Uh, so I downloaded one called Path of Totality many years ago. I thought it was like a crusty black metal band. So like, you know... Um, yeah, it's not overproduced at all. Yeah, I, but I thought it was more polished. I'm trying to think of bands like like Nails maybe, but Nails isn't too good a shout. No, Nails isn't black enough. Full of hell sometimes, sometimes. That band's uh, Waitane. Yeah, so yeah, there, there's far more black metal in it than the bands I just mentioned. But yeah, I struggled because I just thought it was a bit too 
it was a bit too much of the black metal and I preferred more the crust and the, the grittiness. But that was like, what, nine years ago? What's this new album called, Dan? Uh, Monarchy of Shadows. Okay, uh, if you say it's worth a listen, I am going to stick it in my inbox and I will listen to it and if I love it, I'll come back. Brilliant. For me, the next one is... Um, I, I, I'm not going to categorise this as uh, pop. I'm going to categorise this as weird. So I initially listened to this band. Yeah, how the fuck did you find this? Right. This I read initially in an episode, an episode, an mm. issue of Metal Hammer. Um, what? Yeah, I know. And their, their band name, uh, Boren and the Club of Gore. Now, I just thought that's going to be the gnarliest metal band. When you sent me the name, I was like, yes, this is the next fucking Pissgrave. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's what I expected. I expected Pissgrave, but with even more <laughs> graphic covers. Uh, and no, not at all. This has been my, uh, I would say... Biggest failure? This is my one of my favourite things no. to walk my dog around. This year, the only time I would listen to this is if I was a detective in a film noir, and I needed theme music to walk in and out of rooms to. It's called Patchouli Blue, and yeah, it's jazzy, ambient saxophone, lead rock. I don't get. There's no rock in it. <laughs> there isn't really, is it? It's soundtrack music. It is. Yeah, you've hit that nail on the head this time. Film noir is exactly what you would expect from this. You know those episodes of Star Trek that are in the holodeck <laughs> and they're in black and white? It's the music from that, I'm sure. Uh, what Metal Hammer was doing introducing me to this, I don't know. But So years later, I saw their, their new album out, put it on my phone, and bloody hell, have I been listening to it, mate. I Look at your face, you hate me. But this is, this is great, I love it. Genuinely... If you want a soundtrack to to maybe you've got to solve a crime of some sort, then <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is, is it. it. <laughs> this I can it. I can see you listening to it, hiding behind a car or behind a hedge, and then like looking up, and then later you're in the park with a newspaper with holes in it, and you're looking through, <laughs> following a classy dame. Yeah, that, that's it. That is uh, Boren and the Club of Gore. B O H R E N and the word and D E R Club of Gore.
they don't deserve that name. They should have that name taken away and given to a different band. And what would you call them? <sighs> moody Dark Sleepers. The Moody Dark Sleepers. I don't know. All right, that's weird. <laughs> your turn. Um, well, it's actually one of your ones next ah. because I've run out. But I did write <laughs> another one that you put on that was absolutely blown away by Melt Yourself Down. What, you liked it? I love it. Oh, mate, they played Margate a couple of weeks ago. I had no idea. <sighs> I know. That is so annoying. I but can't. it's not... We wouldn't know because it's not in our sphere of music, is it? No, I don't even all. know what you'd call it. Well, hang on, I wrote it down. So this band's called Melt Yourself Down. They're from London, of all places, so they are quite local. Oh, that's cool. We can go and see them um, sometime. F- a funky punk pop act. You say punk, but there's no guitars in it. There's no heaviness in there. But there's that spirit. Oh, yeah, completely. Like, my first uh, little line-up here, it's like Pantera riffs played on trumpets. Spot on. It's, it's on Crocodiles. The single, is it Crocodile or Crocodiles? Just come out. Oh, oh what, what, the, uh, the, the singles, yeah. So I think the album's going to come out soon. It's just mad. It made me go back and listen to the 2016 album. Oh, um, Last Evenings on Earth. And that's bloody good too. And the song Jump in the Fire, it's called. I thought I was probably a Metallica cover. Of course. Uh, but it's got this really sleazy riff and really... It's not drums, but uh, percussion. Like, quick, tight percussion. And it's still got, like, the horns in it, trumpets and bits. And it's just fucking incredible. I just think, what a show we've missed there. Because that could be... If they play it right, it could be such good fun. Like, And I'm not really into fun. But, like, I want to watch a band that's really good at playing. So it's stuff that I definitely cannot yeah, do. Yeah, it's not gimmicky, is it? It's it's like Zeal and Arda. Like, massive gimmick, but serious. But that's the vibe I get, even though it's not heavy at all, is someone whoever behind it is really serious about what they're doing yeah yeah like that uh, this they've got several albums under their belts i haven't listened to any apart from these new singles but yeah melt yourself down i think that would be my recommendation uh of this sort of episode yeah when it's oh yeah definitely when you first put it on i thought i was a scar band but then that never happens it's Mm. so good can you play a bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Here's a bit of melt yourself down.
Right, well, I think that's about it, Dan. I think no. it's... No. Oh, you've got something else. Oh. I haven't listened to it yet, but I just wanted to get your take. All right. Um, new Code Orange LP coming out uh, Friday. Now, that's, that's a big one, isn't it? So this will be out, because our podcast comes out on a Saturday, so this will be a day old. Yeah. I've listened to the, the, the tracks that are so far out. Uh, the first one with the uh, the female voice, loved. The one with the man voice, I thought was five out of ten. Really? Yeah. Magazines and all the biggies are giving it ten out of ten. Five Ks out of five K. Every, everywhere, top marks. So do you think this is going to blow the lid off them? Album know. of the year? It's going to be a lot of people's album of the year, but for me... Like, if you put an album as 10 out of 10 and your second single is a 5, then... That's a 7.5 out of 10 already. Then all, all the other songs have got to be like 13 out of 10. <laughs> that don't make no sense to me. Yeah, I, I I think, just like the old album that came out called Forever, I think I'm going to be really disappointed and just like a couple of tracks on it. Um, Maybe Code Orange isn't for me, but then... With the albums that are 10 out of 10, you can always grab something. If like someone says, like, no, this album is perfect, because that's what 10 out of 10 is, perfect, then you've got to be able to grab something you like out of it. Surely. Surely. Hmm. Well, I'm very excited to hear it. Well, we're going to be talking about it next week, 100%. It's going to, it's going to be the first thing we talk about, because it is the biggest talking point in rock and metal right now. Yeah. Unless Ozzy dies, in which case... Um, we'll still talk about Cold Orange. Yeah. Should we not even mention it? (laughs) No. Hang on, has he already died? What, Cold Orange? Yes. So, Insane Clown Posse. Insane Clown Posse. Paul, he's getting dressed. He can't find a t-shirt. Paul, what you gonna wear? Will it be a large t-shirt? Mr Puggles, what do you think, Mr Puggles? Hello and welcome to Different Insane Posse Clown Past. Post. Keep it. That's staying. Okay. Start again. Welcome to Different Posse Podcast Clowns for the Insane. One more time. Hello and welcome to Different Dubs Podcast. I'm here with Paul the Wall Podcast and I am Danny Different. Danny Different could be a name for like someone in a rap band, an insane clown rap band, like Violent J and Danny Different when doing some raps with Shaggy Paul Dope. <laughs> that unfortunately is completely correct. So yet yeah, this is our special, one of my bands that I only chose to annoy Paul, and I do secretly love them. It's the Insane Clown Posse. Yay! <laughs> Woo, yeah! This is revenge. So, just as it, before we get stuck into it, how much did this hurt you to listen to? Uh, when you pulled it out, my initial thoughts were... <laughs> Sorry, when I said when you pulled it out, yeah, I'm just thinking of I your dick. I knew what you meant. Straight away, I'm thinking of your dick. Uh, yeah, when you pulled the, the Insane Clown Posse out of the hat, I was like, oh God, I've got to listen to Insane Clown Posse. And I thought to myself, that must be what it like was like for you when it was Liz yeah, Fair. Yeah, Liz Fair and Genesis. <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> um, Yeah, my initial thoughts, 
honestly, in all, all honesty, is that I remember it being in your car when we were driving around uh, in our youth, um, uh, just sort of driving for the sake of driving half the time. And uh, just you were listening to it and you would crank it up. And I, I, I would always be like, oh, I don't like this. And then you would be like, fine. And then you put on 311 just to wind me up even more. Um, you were, did have some good taste, but those two bands are the ones that I always were like, oh, for fuck's sake, here he goes again. There was plenty of Descendants. I, I'm not saying that. There was plenty were, of Sublime. I'm not telling that the podcast listeners out there, those different old timers that have been with us from the start, that you are into shit music. I'm just saying, we're both into some shit music. And initially... Uh, is that a spoiler? I don't know. Initially, I was of the impression that this was one of your shit bands. Uh, please continue, Daniel. <laughs> so, Insane Clown Posse, often abbreviated as ICP, is two guys mainly. Uh, Violent J, also known as Joseph Bruce, and Shaggy Two Dope, originally Joseph Ustler. Founded in Detroit in 1989. They're hip-hop, basically. Like, some people call it gangster, but it isn't really gangster. It's more horror hip-hop, horror rap, horrorcore. They've earned two platinum albums. What? And five gold albums. Wow. It's not a lot for someone who's got, like, 26 albums It doesn't matter. That's, (laughs) That's... Platinum's, like, a million, right? Something like that. Jesus. And I think the thing that gives... Most people know of the Insane Clown Posse for these days, rather than the music, is the Juggalos. Their like, fan base. Their fan base, right. who go around dressed like clowns and like do all sorts of naughty stuff, apparently. And they're even on the FBI list as an official gang, in inverted commas. But isn't like the worst thing that they do is like make the venues like all sticky because they're spraying that fucking fizzy drink around? Bagel... Is that that's like the worst thing that happens at these shows, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just wondering why they're so dangerous. Uh, no, and they have a big festival called Gathering of the Juggalos, where all juggalos get together and probably, what? Yeah, do drugs and. So like they've got their own festival. They curate it. Like no, it's nothing to do with the actual insane clown posse themselves. I don't think it's all juggalos. Just got together and said, we're having our own ver- version of um, Burning Man, and it's called. Wow. Yeah. What did I say it was called? I don't know. The, the jug- Gathering of the Juggalos. In that case, uh, I apologise for anything that I'm about to say. I don't want to be stabbed by a clown. <laughs> uh, they were originally known as the JJ Boys, because their names both begin with J. Uh, and then they turned the name to the Inner City Posse um, and sort of became a, a gang. Okay. A proper street gang. So they've kept that ICP, that's there. Got it. Um, in fact, I told you to listen to something called Dog Beats. Mm-hmm. That's the inner city posse, not the insane clown posse. Got it. So that's like their really early sort of stuff. They've got their own record label called Psychopathic Records, which is also run by Alex Abyss as their manager. They've even had two of their own movies called Big Money Hustlers and Big Money Rustlers. And they have their own professional <laughs> wrestling promotion, Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Okay, this is something that sounds massive. It is massive. And I'm not aware of any of it. That's because you're not down with the clown, Paul. I'm not down with the clown. Uh, Violent Jay and Shaggy Doo Dope met in Oak Park, a suburb in the north uh, north area of Detroit, Michigan, along with 
Shaggy Two Drapes' brother, or John Usler's brother, uh, and a friend, Lacey, they used to wrestle in their backyards uh, whilst listening to the Beastie Boys and NWA and all that sort of stuff. And that's where the sort of linked hip-hop first... Ah, so they do know what sort of good hip-hop and rap sounds like then. They're aware of that. It's good to know. Joe Bruce, AAK Violent J, started off as Jagged Joe. And Joseph Usler as Kangol Joe and John Usler as Master J. They released a single called Party Up the Top of the Hill under the name of the JJ Boys, uh, but did not pursue it as a musical career just yet. So were they playing live at this point? Were they doing like backyard ha- shows? House or shows, or yeah. yeah. Like, they were still like teenagers, probably like late teens. Okay. Poverty, like bear in mind, they lived in shit. Detroit's horrible. We, like it's got some nice roads. They live in the shit part. Of right. Detroit. Okay. Violent J had to move in with a chap called Rudy the Rude Boy on Hill in River Rouge, a city near the industrial southwest side of Detroit. Feeling a sense of home and belonging, Bruce formed a gang called the Inner City Posse, which was composed of Joseph Usler, Rudy Hill, and other friends of Bruce, and a number of other connections he'd made in southwest Detroit. He was jailed for 90 days in 89-90 for death threats, robbery and violating probation. <laughs> uh, and this was like enough for him to go, fuck it, I'm too white to go to jail, even though I'm badass. I'm not going to jail. Understood. So uh, I'm going to um, start my own wrestling business. Uh, and they could... I thought you were going to say rap band. <sighs> Mate. Don't even get to the rap for another two episodes. Right, okay. Let's so do they, it. They started their own uh, wrestling business, which again, they got pissed off with and they started doing a hip-hop act at local nightclubs using the names Violent J, Two Jope and Johnny Kick Jazz. Johnny Kick Jazz. Johnny Kick Jazz. He was like the third Beatle. Got it. So he was like... Oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and that's when they started the the actual, the band Inner City Posse. Uh, They needed a manager, so Joe Bruce's brother Robert recommended his friend and record store owner Alex Abyss who was eventually the one who established Psychopathic Records with them. So he's the one that's still with them now to this day? Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, later that year, they released the self-produced EP, which I told you about, Dogbeat. Oh, thanks for that. So that was the first release on Psychopathic Records? Yep. Uh, Bruce wanted the album to be available everywhere because people wouldn't expect a local act to be as widely released. Uh, the sale method did not turn out as planned as the album was mostly released locally and it was not purchased by as many stores as they had hoped. The group members took turns going out... (laughs) I'm reading this shit and I've forgotten the stories. The group members took turns going out with unattractive women who worked at Kinko's in exchange for having the flyers promoted for free. Unbelievable. Uh, The group promoted the album themselves by putting the flyers all across the city like we used to do. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Uh, while promoting the album, Bruce and William Dial drove up to a young African-American man and Bruce asked him if he liked rap music. The kid, who appeared scared, told him no. Still, undeterred, uh, Violent J told him that uh, he should listen to this and gave him a copy of Dog Beats and started driving off and then the kids started shooting at him as they were driving away. Fair, fair deuce. Would you shoot at Insane Clown Posse if they gave you a, a CD? Um, if I'd known what I'd known that it's like when you, you go back and you think oh man if only I'd kill Hitler yeah, it's the same thing right 
how they recorded these things as well is insane. Like you've got like an image of maybe an eight track tape player or something. No. Yeah. What they did is they would have one tape player, then they would have their head, and then they would have another tape player. So they would press play on that one. Yeah. And record on that one and start rapping in the middle. All right. Sounds dodgy. <laughs> That's how lo-fi it is. Uh, and it was all over like instrumental tracks of what other yeah, band shit yeah just wrapping wow. over the top yeah uh, so their first album is Carnival of Carnage so they became Insane Clown Posse at this point or were they still um, in a city posse they have now become basically they realised that so many gangster bands were out there that them being pieces of shit from Detroit with n- nothing right they're never going to get noticed they needed to do something different so overnight became Insane Clown Posse and released Carnival of Carnage, which is the first album we're going to talk about, in October 1992. Now, going back, what else came out in 1992? I know what came out the very same day as Carnival of Carnage. Ignition by The Offspring. Really? Same day. Ignition was an album that I wasn't yet into pop punk. No. So we got into Smash and then would have gone back to Exactly. But I remember it coming out because I was grunge boy and I just thought I'm not into punk, I'm into grunge. So yeah. There we go. So I I even remember seeing the ads for Ignition. Weird. Uh, and Johnny Kick Jazz left just before it was released, unfortunately. So this is the only Insane Clown Posse album with Johnny Kick Jazz on it. It was taking up too much of his time. Well, yeah, too right. Recording sessions for the album took place from 1991 to 92 at Miller Midi Productions and Temper Mill Studio. And this album is the first Joker's card in the group's Dark Carnival. Uh, Please tell me about this Dark Carnival Joker card business. Well, the first six albums, seven albums, that which is what we're going to cover, was originally... We should have explained that at the front, that we're only going to do these card albums. Yeah, the first set. Right, there's more than one set? Yes. Right, oh, sorry, Dan, I'm interrupting. Go for it. Um, And once all of these albums have been released, that's the end of the world. Yeah, I remember. So this is a car journey we had, and you said they're only going to be able to do six albums, and like this one is the fourth or something. Great Milenko. So you, you were like... That's it, the the world is going to end in two more albums. And at that point, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> That's pretty deep. Here we are 25 years later. This came out of their heads, I take it. This is just yeah, something just they their, thought of. Their story. Um, 
The Carnival of Carnage itself is a representation of the violence that occurs within the ghettos, um, and it takes the form of a travelling carnival, sort of going around, taking it out on the upper class and the bigotry, because that's really what Insane Clown Posse stand against, is obscene wealth and the power of money and the fact that having a lot of money allows you to have horrible thoughts and do evil shit. Right. But now they've got a load of money, surely, after going platinum on their own record label. You'd imagine they're well off, but they're the they're, they're still doing, they're still fighting the good fight. I guess. Uh, Carnival of Carnage was the first album uh, where they collaborated with Mike E. Clark, who's produced pretty much everything. Before we go any further, Dan, so the listeners have been listening to you a while, talk about this band, this group, this duo. duo. Uh, what song did you get so we can play it? I didn't do a song. Didn't you? No. Oh. I did all the songs. In that case, we're going to play the, my random pick. That was the Juggler. We'll play that now. Well, you know the juggle that jumped in the mix. I've been down the road and I broke a few necks and I break a few muffs. So what's up? Roll by me in the corner and I hold my nuts up. It's been a fuck you with that. If you to escape, let me hit that. Good violent J ain't even one to fake it. I done seen some folded up skate bitches make it. I pass out when it gets dark. It woke up naked in the Clark Park. Gotta go, gotta get before I get the rap. Got a chopped off head showing in my lap. There we go, that was a juggler. Daniel, please continue on the story of this carnival of carnage. Well, what did you think of the juggler? Did you get any deeper than the silliness of the lyrics? I thought it was competent. like, And that was more than I expected for their first album. Because I remember our conversation where you said, we were listening to Insane Clown Posse in our youth on their fourth album. So this is their first album. And I, I'm thinking, NWA first album, it's real trash. Like the boys in the hood stuff is so, so poor. Yeah, because they haven't got the money to to do anything. Like everything is there, but it's not put together well yet. Dre's not sort of pulled himself together as a great producer yet. And I was thinking it'd be that, but it isn't even that yet. I I just think, um, and and the issue with it isn't the sound because the sound quality I think is all right. Like it doesn't hold up with today's production standards, but. I think it's the flow uh, of their... I think they haven't got their rap flow going yet. Yeah, it's all very basic. And they are... It is a bit, yeah, like yapping puppies when they're rapping. Can I quote some lyrics from The Juggler? Yeah. The doctor told me I'm a psycho, so I ate his face like I don't know. Knife to the neck and got some more. The knight of the axe, the... And then there's a noise... And then it says, yes, ladies and gentlemen, he is the juggler. He'll cut your windpipe, eat your face, and slit your motherfucking heart out. You can see the freak show at the world-famous Carnival of Carnage. Classic. Did you go back, I'm interested now, 
did you go back? Because we got in, I say we, you got in on album four. Did you go back and check this early shit out? Because oh, you were well immediately. into the cards. And I had to pay fucking 20 quid a pop for it as Imports, well. Right. Imports only. I remember going into uh, Gatefield Sounds and saying, oh, have you got anything by the Insane Clown Posse? And they were just looking at me like I was some sort of fucking mental case. <laughs> as they would today. <laughs> yeah. The really good thing I liked about this album was there's a circus thing that runs through the whole thing. And it's a little bit scary, sort of like it cheap is. horror. Yeah, uh, like a Rob Zombie film. Exactly that, real B-movie feel about it. And I, I feel like, whereas some of the raps are embarrassing, like some of the, the words that they come out with... Uh, uh, close to to sexism. No. Sexism. They do say the B word a lot. They are against bigotry. One of the things, uh, Joe Bruce, A A K A A, Violent J, he had to go and live in a trailer park, and uh, one of the things he noticed was how the the black people were treated compared to the white people by the owners, the the workers, and that. And he just thought it was bullshit and hated it. In his or their minds, it's like the rich versus the poor, and the rich, not necessarily all the rich, but fucking corrupt rich people, um, that's what they don't like. Was there any sampling issues on this album? Did you find any of that in the in the facts? Yes, there is, but I chose not to mention it, but there is people, I take it you mentioned that because you got something. Prince uh, has his song Kiss sampled. Um, uh at the halfway point of this uh, this track, the juggler. sloppy way so um it's not like when the beastie boys worked with the dust brothers and they went to town on sampling um for paul's boutique how clever and intricate and how one with the beastie boys it all became so it was this big hot pot of a hundred different things but it all felt like one thing as soon as they slip into their samples instantly it's just another band's song like if a band deserved to be sued for it, it's this. It's done really badly. Yeah, well, they didn't have the money or the means to, to do it well. They're living in shit doing it on tape-to-tape players and well, karaoke machines. If, if they've got one speaker here and one record button here and their head's in the middle, well, I, I get it. But... but This is like us recording our first album in not even as good of conditions as Notability Studio. It's that... It's a shithole. Mate, this album was released only within, I think, 190 miles of Detroit. That's how small it was. Wow, Didn't okay. even get national... Well, I don't, at this point, I don't think they deserved it. Uh, I'm going to take a point up here. Um, I mentioned NWA earlier. And uh, if you're a fan of NWA, which I am, you sort of know about the story of Eazy-E and how like, 
he couldn't rap. I think they even mentioned it in the the film, whereas they had to composite lots of like a hundred different takes just to get like two lines out of the guy because he just had no flow and it was really sort of cut together. Uh, yet, like it sort of worked within the structure of a song, and he became famous for it, like sort of inventing this sort of I've got no flow flow, and it, it worked in a weird way, and. Both of these insane clown posse dudes, Juggly Jay and Smoking Pete, they have the exact rip of Easy es flow, which is like, as I say, initially just a composite of lots of different lines that like we'll put that together and that together and that. But they've actually sort of, I think that's what they've been listening to and they've copied that style throughout the majority of that album. Uh, oh, definitely. It's, it's really simple. It's like I was like dun 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 bitch yeah yeah bitch equivalent to Baba Black Sheep something like that you know it's very simple very basic early shit and I was thinking right well this is this is that equivalent of that posse album by NWA whatever. I can't wait to hear the next one because it's the first time I will admit that I've ever listened to Insane Clown Posse. First time. I think you need to uh, realise how fucking small they are at this point. They're literally the size of what the babies were when we were 15 or 16. They're people who know nothing, just DIYing it because no one else is ever going to take it seriously. Like Psychopathic Records isn't like some big company of an office somewhere it's a desk it's a drawer you know like scene police scene police geek scene records was for us uh it sold 17 copies in its first week wow <laughs> that's how small it was it's literally like we used to be get the cds printed up keep them under your bed and sell them to your mates level 17 it's, copies that's is... small all right fair enough well i'm glad we've spent so long talking about it yeah okay uh we done with this one? Go on then. Ringmaster time? Ringmaster time, March 1984. Uh, recorded in all the same places, same producer. Um, second Joker's card, obviously. There was actually... Oh, come on. A little EP in between called Beverly Kills 90218 or something, which was just a little EP that came out to sort of warm people up for the getting ready for the new album. Those 17 people would have been like desperate to hear this. They had it pre-ordered. And again, it continues on the Dark Carnival mythology. Now, the Ringmaster is the leader of the Dark Carnival, obviously. Clearly. Um, and he's one of the people that judges your soul in the afterlife. And he's sort of... It's hard to explain. He appears to you and shows you the shit that you did wrong... And then makes you suffer for it in like an ironic way. Which is explored with these songs, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Mike E. Clark produced again, and he did all the music and everything this time. So he's coming into his own. Uh, features appearances by famous Detroit music people who were famous in Detroit, um, Capital E and Jump Steady, who were a lot of bigger rappers that have cottoned on. Okay. But again, not big. I struggled to even find this on the internet. Like, yeah, I had to go to YouTube to, to exactly. hear this. I don't know whether because there's some like lyric or theme or a sample that, that's been pulled. I know Rage Against the Machine, um, I think Bullet in the Head is sampled on this one somewhere. Right. So maybe it's been pulled 
for something like that. Then you'd think they would just yank that one song off it, maybe. Before we go further, I'm going to put it into some context. Out the very same day or the next day during this week was Soundgarden's Super Unknown, Nine Inch Nails, Downward Spiral, and Nail Bombs, Point Black. What? Damn. In that same week. So What an album. What? Insane Clown Posse have to, have to join that lot. But they're nowhere near it. Those things are, pe- are bands that could be played on the radio or could play a big music festival. Or could be on him. So this, this uh, still at this time, second album in nothing. Nowhere near, miles away. In fact, it's only gone gold uh, in 2004. That's gold. Okay, so it took 10 years to do 500,000 copies. Uh, To help promote the album, they created a comic book called Wicked Clowns with a Z, featuring themselves and the Ringmaster character. Of course they did. It was written by Violent J uh, and Shaggy drew it. cover was uh, done by a guy called Justin Felix who's a big deal in comics if you know about comics have you seen this comic mate I've got four copies okay got a tattoo of the front cover on my tummy of course Uh, seven weeks before the release of the album the pressing company produced 10,000 CDs and 10,000 cassettes that were filled with misprints brilliant they did it all again for free and they suddenly had 40,000 units to put under their bed that's that's a lot of bed. They previously signed with a record company called Jive Records. So Jive's a major. Yep, uh, but they signed to a sub called Battery Records, right. which funded the music video for Chicken Hunting. Basically, Violent J and Shaggy had come up with their own ideas for the video and what they wanted to do. Um, but because it was like they were trying to get a little bit bigger, they put a producer in to make the video for them and... Suddenly they were just like, it's my video, you two are the clowns that are in it. And they'd sorted up their clown makeup by this time. I noticed on the first album it wasn't quite like Kiss's first album, in fact, with the makeup. It's not quite there. No, from this album, this is like, now they've got their look down. Yeah, so they wanted to make this stupid video, but the director that came in uh, was basically having none of it. And they disagreed so much. They spent all this money making a video and they're like, fuck it, it's not coming out. Uh, and it didn't get released later until 2007 when a video called Psychopathic the Videos came out. Oh, so the, the resem- what, what was left of this video was then put on this collection, like VHS. No, I the guess. proper video, but they just never released it back in. Oh, so it was complete. It was complete, and they just said, no, we don't fucking like it. It's All right, I'm going to put that in the notes, people, so you can uh, hit that link. What's the song called? Hello. Uh, Chicken Hunting. What song did you get? Please tell me you chose a song here. Uh, I didn't, but if I had to say one, it would be The Loons off this one. It's just got a real nasty, dirty, serial killer feel to it. Now, 
you said that without looking at any of your notes. Clearly, you were listening to this um, when you were younger and it stuck with you. I'm the neck cutter and I'm two blocks away. It basically tells the story of a, uh, a serial killer that's gradually getting closer and closer to someone's house and calling them while he's on the way and winding them up and saying what he's going to do to him when he gets there. I've got no lyrics for this one. Um, uh, so it's probably because I couldn't fucking find the thing. Um, I, I didn't listen to it all. I didn't get all the songs. I, I listened to three songs off it. I was written here. Um, get Off Me Dog was the one that I got. Um, I take it with you listening to all their back catalogue, you were starting to get a real feel for this band by this point, like like with these first four albums that you must have had. Um, did you go back to the, the old ones or were you pretty much staying with the album four? No, I got album four, loved it, great Milenko, and then went back and bought what I could, what I could find, and this one was actually my favourite. Yeah? Yeah. So, do you remember Sublime, and you were the one that was like, right, I've got the job, I'm getting all this back catalogue, and we were like, oh, we love Sublime. So we had Sublime, Sublime. But but then you, you went back and bought all this previous stuff that none 40 of us... Ounces to Freedom, Robin the Hood both amazing well, that's the thing. and both get janker and janker much like this as you go back yeah that, that's the thing and I, I found a similarity between Sublime and this was that Sublime would be happy <laughs> well fuck Sublime um, the the sound of the, these initial albums was much really resembles though, the sound of the initial Sublime albums to me it's like it's putting everything that you've learned in your youth together just to get something out there. And all of a sudden, because there's something that's caught some something with the fans, there's traction starting to happen. Um, you mentioned that they were now being picked up by Jive, like or subsidiary of Drive. So that even though they only sold 17 copies in that first week, there must have been something going around. Some, oh like, yeah, well this is second album now. Yeah, and they've got a fan base. They're starting to play bigger like clubs and things and maybe like your town hall, that sort of thing. Uh, so they're, they're getting known locally in Detroit. You know, if, some, if you have someone in New York who it was, they're not going to have a fucking clue. But in Detroit, they're like the underground kings. So okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, and this is also the time when they started using... Fago, basically, uh, the story goes. Please tell me. Some people in the. It was just. It was the, just a cheap drink. So Fago is this drink, this yeah. fizzy drink, um, and that's what they drank because it's cheap as shit, and they were poor as fuck. They couldn't afford like Pepsi or or Tango or Mountain Dew. Fago was like two cents a bottle, so they poured that. And probably all it was the whole that start, started the whole thing. Some people in the crowd slagged him off, heckled him, and so he just flicked his drink at them, uh, and they loved it, so he did it again, and it just went from there until the whole place was covered in orange soda. I remember when they came over a couple of years ago to the UK, and one of their shows got cancelled because the venue found out what they do with, what the fans do with Fango, like literally just cover the walls and the floors and the PA and everything with this fucking sticky, fizzy, cheap drink. Uh, and then I was thinking, right, where the hell do you get Fango from in the UK? Fago. You probably can't. It's like a tiny oh, little... Fago. Yeah. Right. It's a tiny little d- 
Detroit company. It's not like some nationwide. It's like Panda Pops. Do you remember them? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The shit local drink that you get in your cheap corner shop. This is my apart from me not knowing what it's called. This is my favourite part of In Sound Clown Posse. Uh, Posse more than the music for sure. I much prefer that they've got this stage show which includes their fans just chucking shit around at each other. <laughs> uh, and you're going to go home that night and your parents are going to be like, what the hell? And your hair is all matted because it's covered in fizzy orange. And you're covered in clown makeup that's going to be half washed off your face. Brilliant. Like It is a great little tag, I think. Uh, a great image to have for a band. And like everyone needs a gimmick to break through. Did you go to the next album, Dan? No. No. So, that, I think that's where we're going to leave it. Um, I'm sorry I had to play you Get Off Me Dog, people out there. Uh, you had to listen to that. Uh, I've just looked them up, though, as Daniel was chatting. And I did find some lyrics online. Here we go. Motherfuckers tweak. Got a tweak while you tweak. Motherfuckers tweak. Got a tweak while you tweak. Golly's got rhythm. Got me on the mic. Me on meek. What's that mean? Don't mean nothing at all. Get off me, dog, before I sting your chin. That means he punch you in the jaw. I let my nutsack... This is why I pulled this bit out. I, <laughs> I let my nutsack flap in the wind because I'm too dope. Clown <laughs> loco, G. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, hang on. He's rhymed, I'm too dope, clown loco, G, with, and it's one chop, two boing, three chop, three. You're you're an arsehole for bringing this to me. Uh, th- this is the end of the first part. First part of three for Insane Clown Posse. That's right, we're doing this for three whole weeks, you people out there. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this first part. Uh, Riddlebox is going to be up next uh, for the for part two. You excited about getting into Riddlebox? I'm going to listen to it on the way home. Oh, you're a damn fool. Um, that's that's it. Thank you so much for listening to Different Times Podcast. I have been Shaggy Paul Dope. And what was your name for this? Violent D. Violent D. Come on. Um, thank you. Uh, and I am uh, after some Fago. Please send us some. <laughs> <laughs>